your girl Valen. You are now tuning in to the Hood Talks Podcast, where community voice matters. What is going on, y'all? We got another episode of the Hood Talks Podcast. Thank y'all for tuning in. This is your host, Vanna, and we are talking back to the land, a conversation with urban farmers. I am so excited to get into this conversation, um, especially about urban farmers and learning more. I am have a little interest in gardening, but I am not an expert, and I'm so happy to be here to learn and observe all that I can about urban farming and gardening and all that good stuff. So thank you for tuning in. I'm going to let my guests introduce themselves, and then we will get into this conversation. Uh, We're going to let the ladies go first. Um, I'm going to go ahead and let Miss Kamina, did I say it right, introduce herself? You muted. Okay. There you What's go. What's up, people out there on TV? We're on podcast where I'm in. I'm right here from East St. Louis. And I have been practicing urban farming for many, many, many years. It was instilled in me. Uh, most of you don't know urban and rural areas, mainly inner city, outer city uh, spaces where there are acres of land. Uh, so when you will refer to urban farming, it's basically the practice of farming techniques to cultivate the land could be used by hand, by machine, uh, people using robots. But I'm going off of what I people know is using the old backhoe, them old tillers. I used all of that at once upon a time. I'm still currently cultivating the land by hand. Yes, I do. You girls still do. Do the digging and breaking my damn back. Yeah. <laughs> the labor, <laughs> honey. You're doing it's the okay, labor. everybody, because um, I'm, I'm seeing we're moving into a new generation, a new era that's like they miss what that farming was because, you know, when our mom and dad showed us, we was out there pulling them weeds. We like, damn, we don't really want to do this. But, man, we want that watermelon. Y'all remember when we used to sit out there and eat watermelon and pick and spit the seeds everywhere and dad used to go get the salt. So now we're going back to that. So now it's like this new era, like, okay, let me walk off into gardening. Uh, let me see how to go about planting this seed and what are the ingredients? What what do I need to start up a garden? What do I need to help it flourish? So that's mainly uh, a part of where we come in, where I can definitely come in to the people in the community. They're starting to trend to this and catch on to say, well, hey, I want to start me up a food hub. So basically, so when you hear urban farming, you hear all of those good things. Some, a lot of times, a lot of catchphrases, but we want to move that out of our urban areas because we don't just want people coming in, taking our stuff, always taking our ideas, piggyback off of it. And then they do that and they lose sight of the mission. But it's like, damn, you did all that to take some pictures, get some money. But yeah, you still holler about a food desert over here. And then you still holler about the store down there that only offer chills. But yeah, you got all this land. You got all this you money. You getting into it. Stuff. You getting into it. I'm going I'm to I'm let you. Hold up, girl. You getting into everything that we going to get into. All right. Let me stop right you there. Gonna, so. Yeah. Thank Bring you. Let's talk about who you are and what you okay. do and your form that you have. And I know you have like, um, you do uh, where you have people come on and purchase food and fruits and stuff like that, right? Talk about yes. that real quick. Yes, yes. I'm sorry, y'all. So back no, to you me. good. I got so, it, girl. You um, ready. I'm ready. So, so, ready. so basically, I'm committing everybody. And uh, we've been forming back here for about over 15 years. So currently today, to fast forward the story, I kept the initiative going through urban sustaining. Um, I, I'm currently out at my market right now today. I do offer some arts and craft stuff and I do offer fresh produce. I like to say clean food now. Um, I'm actually 
people when they come out here and take a tour, they actually see the food growing. I offer food boxes, uh, more than just tomatoes. Well, I do have a variety of tomatoes. I got zucchini. I got uh, immune building foods too that I'm building. So there's a variety of things that goes on here at the whole market. So you can definitely get to breathe, connect, and have a peace of mind while getting clean food. And real quick, where is it located? And then talk um, I'm in. Everybody out there in podcast where I'm at 3823 Monroe back here on the back street in East St. Louis, Illinois. So if you want to come and connect, I'm here on Sundays and Mondays from 12 to 4, Mondays from 12 to 5. But if you're getting off work and I know you're serious about supporting me, I'll be out here until 6. I'm your girl. Right. Thank you for joining us. I'm so excited that you're here. Thank you. I want to talk to girls and I'm telling you, the people that's in the girls circle, like they like really serious about their crafts, like forming. Cause like, come on now. Get up. We gonna, it's we just so much. I know. All it's right. a lot. We gonna get into it. Come on, Tasha. Tell the people who you are and thank you again for gracing the stage. Absolutely. Uh, man, thank you, Karina, for that energy. Um, no. for rep- always representing East St. Louis. She brought it. Um, yes, yeah, she did. So um, my name is Tasha Phoenix. Um, I wear two hats. One, I am a urban farmer um, in St. Louis, Missouri. I have, um, I'm over lots that are in Walnut Park um, in uh, O'Fallon Park neighborhood. And then my family has land in Spanish Lake that I grow on. And then the other head I wear is I am the co-director, uh, co-founder and director of, I'm sorry, co-founder of Evolve Elevating Voices of Leaders Vine for Equ- Equity, and I'm the director of Food Justice, and I advocate for um, Black farmers in the St. Louis region. Yeah. Yes, shout out to Evolve and all the work that y'all do over there. You know, I'm like a big super fan. Hey, <laughs> St. Louis. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. Mr. Ron, come on now. Tell the people who you are. Uh, my name is Ronald Jones. I am the owner and operator of Blackberry Landscaping. We are located in the heart of Jeff Vandaloo in North City. Uh, I've been gardening since 2008. Yeah, 2008. So many, many moons. But I am very honored and, you know, just glad to be here. Well, I'm glad to have all of you here um, to talk about this topic and to get into this conversation um, because I feel like you guys are the gem of the community when we talk about urban farmers um, and from different areas that makes it even more like super dope. We got East St. Louis we tapping into, we got the county and we got the city. So we we all around, you hear me? Um, so I'm so excited again that um, we're going to get into this conversation and glad that you guys are here. I kind of want to go back off and start kind of where uh, Kamina was going with what is urban farmers? So if someone's listening right now and they're like, I've never heard of this term, what does that really mean, urban farming? Um, yeah, I know how we roll. Anybody jump in, anybody go and just let's let's flow. I, I can jump in. So um, so urban farming, so like we, we know we're familiar with that usually farming takes place in rural areas. Um, but because we've been um, stripped of our basic necessities, uh, such as f- healthy and fresh food and things like that, um, people who grandparents and things like that um, were from the South, um, knew how to form, um, would teach them how to form. And you, we have blight in a lot of urban areas where there's a lot of vacancy and vacant land. And so people have taken to, um, vacant lots to grow food for community 
And so the term term urban farmers um, has been dubbed because we're farming, um, we're, we go past gardening um, yeah. and we're not just doing it as a hobby, but we're doing it twofold to make a living, but also to feed our communities. Um, and, uh, you know, come into place where the grocery stores have, have left. Yeah. You yeah. know, I can, I can remember when I was probably about eight or nine years old, uh, I had an aunt named Aunt Emily. She was my grandmother's sister who lived in East St. Louis. And, you know, uh, my mom was the oldest of, uh, my grandmother's five children. And so my aunt Emily kind of took my mom under wing. She, my, my mom was like her favorite. So we would always go over there because my mom would take uh, my aunt Emily to the store and things like that. But I just remember as, as a kid going over there and uh, my aunt, I would be in the kitchen with my aunt, talking with my aunt, and she told me to go, go to the backyard and grab her four green tomatoes. And I'm like, four green tomatoes? I said, I said, I said, aunt Emily, what you about to cook? She said, I'm, I'm about to make you some fried green tomatoes, baby. I said, fried green tomatoes? So I just remember going down to the garden and, and, and pulling the green tomatoes out the garden and coming back upstairs. She said, oh, you got some good ones. You got a, you got a good eye. And, 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 she, and, and, and see, I, I couldn't wrap my mind. I'm like, why are you finna fry a tomato? Like, who does that? <laughs> right. and, 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 and she cut them up and she put them in batter and she fried them. She said, you want to taste them? And I was like, I don't know. She said, they good. She was eating them and they, she was smiling. And so that was my that, that was my first time seeing people like grow fruit food. So I just assumed like everybody grew food in their yard. Mm. I just assumed that. So you know, it was till I got older that you know it, it was different. And I think a lot of times I want to just like back in the day it was a normal mm -hmm. thing. Um, mm -hmm. I, I can remember my grandfather having a garden in the backyard, and you know the watermelons, the the green tomatoes, and the peppers, and all came from the the garden. Um, and so it's just, yeah, I think it's crazy that we've come to a, a time where that is so foreign. Um, because when I think back, like I'm only 32, you know, <laughs> it, ain't, yeah. it ain't that many years, but it still yeah. has been a big impact that you don't see that being common anymore yeah. in uh, our communities, unfortunately. But you know, we're not that far gone because I'm pretty sure all our all our grandparents had had gardens or something in their yard. It was just our mothers was like, ah, they ain't doing that, you know. So, so we still have, we still have the memory of that. So our generation is kind of bringing that back, and that's good. So we're not that far detached. It's hope, right? Yeah, it's hope. Yes, it's hope. Yes, it's, hope. Yes. Yes. it's, it's definitely hope. hope. I, yeah. I think that is true. Mm -hmm. um, it's like some things, like a generation, they probably like, I'm tired of doing that. I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. And then we like, we tired of buying in the store. We want our that's own. Right. That's so, right. Gives generation, it seems like, but yeah, definitely becoming more aware that people are growing or want to be growing food in their yards. Um, so if let's let's and then let's talk about the access to fresh fruits and vegetables. I think we kind of hit on that a little bit. It's really limited when you think about urban communities, um, and not even just limited like um, in distance, but limited in the the quality of fruits and vegetables in the stores when people are going to purchase. So I love the idea, like how you're uplifting, you have the market that you, where you grow your food, but you're also giving it the opportunity for your neighbors to, to come in and buy and purchase because they don't have to go to the store that may be selling that rotten tomato for $2. And here you can, you can come and help your 
you know, neighborhood and your neighbors by providing fresh fruits for affordable. And it's growing. You know how it's growing because it's coming from you. You you want to eat good quality food, so you're going to grow good quality food. And then you can share it to the neighbors. So I love the idea of having like that urban gardener who supplies the food and like people really go and, you know, support them. Y'all get where I'm going with this? Of course, of course. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, like we should how that should be more common of if you're not growing it in your your own home but there's someone on the street or on the block or maybe a community garden you know yeah. how how are we really running the community gardens um are they really accessible for people in the community to go in and you know grab fresh produce i mean i'm just trying to think of ways that we can come back when we talk about food equity food justice uh limited access um food deserts that's in our communities like how can we utilize urban farmers and what they do and uh, help impact those mm -hmm. issues? Yeah, I mean, you got to understand, like, if, especially those older Black folks, if older Black people know that you are in their community and you growing cabbage and, 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 and you let it be known, hey, I'm, I'm, growing, I'm growing cabbage, uh, you guys are welcome to come down there. Trust me, they coming down there. <laughs> they, coming, they coming down to get their cabbage, man. Trust me, so. so Go ahead. No, that I mean, how do we get the younger generation to kind of tap into that? How? That's what I want to know. You gotta make gardening cool. That's yeah. why, you know, that's why I start calling myself, you know, uh people remember characters. Mm. You know, I I learned over time that people like characters, like you know, people like Superman and Batman. That's a character. So my character is the hip hop gardener. So that's my character. So when you know me, oh, that's the hip hop gardener. I'm not Ronald Jones. Mm -hmm. You know, the hip hop gardener owns Blackberry Landscape. That's a character I came up with so people can, 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 can so gardening can seem more cool, which it is cool. It's yeah. very therapeutic. It is. It can you be know? very therapeutic. Yeah. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Ladies, what do you feel like? How can we get in on the younger generation, especially to address the issue of, you know, food equity, food deserts, and all the things that's going on in our community with the lack of food? Definitely, like Ronald said, Blackberry Landscape, they like colors, they like characters, they like mm -hmm. memes, emojis, yeah. uh, all kinds of stuff to entice. So that's why I'm definitely using my hands uh, to create this. I'm going to let y'all see. I'm in the market. I sell these, you know what I mean? Everything mm -hmm. handmade and sustained, picked up from the community. Um, so that's another good gateway. You got to like have something to entice them. Mm -hmm. um, then it got to be something that they like or maybe... Uh, word of mouth good too because uh you know a few teenagers have rushed out they came back here and bought some because it looked cool hanging up on their wall they want some uh mm -hmm. they wanted the, the planters and homemade plants and stuff and few people bought a few tomatoes for a nice price <laughs> they just wanted it because it was a, it's a cool thing now so it's like a trend yeah. like i said uh people <laughs> in new york like want stuff to hang up on the wall so you got to be able to be in that mindset to change from uh the word old modern day to new hip era mm. so i like the whole concept round of you adapting the hip-hop character because yeah. like okay i see some color back there we can have some fun we can dig and plant mm -hmm. we can do all this for how much oh yeah, yeah. I'm, like I'm sorry no i was just thinking like no, right on his hip-hop thing like having a music out in the garden yeah having like a garden party oh yeah. 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 you know i'm gonna have 
have one back here in St. Louis for real. Well, let me know. I'm excited. I would love to be there. Be backing out with the music, blasting, yeah. and you know, hands getting dirty. Yoga, live music, mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, you got to find a way to bring them to bring them to a realization and say, hey. We know you want to change. We know the fact that when you go to the store, maybe you use your link or maybe you borrow money. Maybe you're spending your own money. Food is not cheap at all, honey. Because I'm telling you, like, the snooks that we had here, um, before they went out of business, I was looking like, how much? But at that time, we was already in that lane of growing food. So every time I was going to the grocery store, I'm like, they got to be they got to be kidding me for how much. But I remember us making up that pot of greens and us picking greens from right back here in my backyard and those sweet potatoes like I said we went right in off into Snooks probably to get some meat or something I'm not a meat eater anymore um to put that meat on with my family for Sundays and I'm like how much $15 for a pack of meat now chicken wings are up $30 a pack so like and we also raised chicken so I'm bringing that back too so this is what I'm saying like we right here in the midst in the thick of it to -hmm. get the kids to say hey stop if you have to use your iPhone on the app to find your local farmer, that's the coolest thing right now. That's that's a cool thing that's popping too. Thank God for the apps and the technology because it's teaching them to connect the old modern way to the new modern way using the cool thing. Yeah. And it's crazy, you know what I'm saying? Because it's like now you go to the app and say, okay, I got the garden up the street in East St. Louis. She got some tomatoes. Or, okay, she got some immune building food. I got a little turmeric. Let me go to her, but you know all along using this phone, but it's like your neighbor. So it's like I, we got to continue to conform to uh, mm-hmm. modern day technology when we're using these things and be realistic about our practices. So, yeah. So it's like, what do we do to draw them in? Music is one. I love music. Yeah. I love mm-hmm. I love colors. Um, I yeah. love what I do full time. Uh, but definitely all those things can connect everybody back to our first love. Mm-hmm. We don't know this our first love until we, we're away from our grandmama, y'all. We're away from our uncle. Well, away from the folks down the street that had those good watermelon, people was like, now we like, that's our first love. That's my first love. That's your first love. Now we got to go back in order to live because yeah. we ain't taking no damn COVID shots. Not everybody. Right. <laughs> right. No, but, that's real. That's real fact. I love it. We getting on a good subject right now. It's yeah. what yeah. you eat, your body, and what you eat. And like Absolutely. you said, your body, your food is the, your medicine. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and we need to get back to medicine. that. Yes. Food to be healing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we don't know what is being put into these food items when you're going to purchase it in the store. So like getting into growing it yourself, you know what's going into it, you know? And when you're feeding it, when you're eating on it, you know what you're putting in your body. But a lot of times you don't know that when you're going to buy, purchase things at, at Snooks or Shopper Save. And then the prices, like you said, are unbelievably high. So think about how much cheaper it is if you can grow your own and bring it to your dinner table and you know what's in it. You know what you're providing for your family. Definitely. Girl, they using all kind of rocket fuel and stuff over in the food. It's all kind of coloring, <laughs> dyes, uh, all kind of stuff that you would not believe that's been incorporated to just have this fresh meat to sit on the shelf so it can be red so when the next consumer come in, they can buy it. And you know people want to eat. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. You know Even that. eat, right? We got to eat. Up and down. We got it. And you know, you know, you know, we love wings and all of that. 
they know that they know the, they know the average consumer in the urban area basically is looking for a quick meal to prep. So they like doing everything under the sun to this food. Mm, she absolutely right. She absolutely yeah. right. Yeah, oh, and you 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 uh, know you know listen, about this. I'm listen, I'm, I love. I'm, I mean, I tell people all the time, man. Go talk to the growers. Like, Rocky pulling all kinds of stuff. Why would you put that in some gas in the meat? What people yeah. did, damn it, they put the food under people, <laughs> or they had the smokehouse to cure the meat. They didn't do all that for preservation. Idiots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <She> said, Idiots. <laughs> hey, listen, I'm telling you, just to, let's listen to them, man. They, they, I'll be like, go listen to the. The girls like Kamina, who's second generation former, been doing it for 15 years, you know, um, and listen to their stories like they know best. She's in East St. Louis. Um, and, you know, over there, like they do, like we deal with pollution here, but like over there, it's a lot of pollution that's happened, a lot of illegal dumping. Um, and then, of course, we St. We Missouri, St. Louis, we the home of Monsanto. So, you know, you know, that that history of Monsanto, Bayer. Um, and all of that, and we right here in the middle of it, and we growing our own food. Absolutely, there's so much that's put in the food that we don't even think about. Um, you know, I, and I think that like a lot of people go from one extreme to the oh, GMO. Uh, I mean, yeah, GMO, but you have to think about not just GMO, you have to think about the chemicals being sprayed on it, like dicamba, and how it drifts onto farms that don't spray stuff, and it destroys their crops. And so why it's important to not only that we grow in urban areas, but we connect with rural farmers um, to feed our people. Um, and, and the fact that like black farmers have uh, went, lost so much land um, since uh, after slavery up until like, I think um, the late nineties. Um, and so you think about how like the land that we lost and how do we, how do we, why, one, why did we, why do we lose land? Right. That's that's number one. Why do we we didn't just lose land? Land was stolen from us. Um, and how does that translate into like urban areas and the constant displacement that we see in in the areas? Um, you know, you're looking at um North City being gentrified and us being um yes. eventually displaced. You yes. know, and so like yes, I talk about it all the time. How on in South City. They got gardens and farms over there and and it happens with ease. But when it comes to North City, the LRA gives you such a hard time just just in trying to buy the land. No one wants to continuously lease land. Mm. And they know there's a possibility that it can get snatched from underneath them. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. East St. Louis moving into that crap too slowly. They're over here with $38 million and they owe me four. <laughs> uh, from the urban <laughs> mm. Mm. heard that. They owe you four. They owe me four, they owe me four of them bitches. I said this on the live podcast and I'm not blurring out nothing. But anyway, gentrification is real and raw. So that's <laughs> real and raw. That's why I like y'all. St. Louis always calling me on some stuff and I answer the call. Yes. But here's what Thank I finna say. They over here with this 20-year plan they've been had since 1990. Mm. Now I'm like, you ain't just come finna sweep nothing underneath the rug underneath my face. Y'all been had this plan for eons. So they over here buying up downtown East St. Louis, they gentrifying that and they slowly moving in in july they have the stakeholders meeting i will be present okay. <laughs> um yeah so basically they like buying up the land some developers from what i hear from another friend that knows a friend that got a friend that's in <laughs> snook's got something to do with the bull crap 
uh, a lot of people are, they're definitely sitting up uh, housing, but we do need for people to have a safe, solid place to live. We deserve a better quality of life over here. We have, the water is really bad. So I couldn't figure out why me, out of all people, I'm like, I used to love water. I forgot, I had looked up what the, what the water grade was. That was. We had got a poor grade on that a couple of years ago, but that has a lot to do with the environment and when you're farming and what you're putting on your plants. Like I don't use nothing back here, but um, gentrification is here in East St. Louis with the half a billion dollars that they got. So um, I was on the call with a couple of months ago with Urban Strategies folks, the manager, the girl that they hired over here, she's gone. I was just trying to see which way that was moving. And I said, well, first of all, how y'all just getting some planning? Y'all ain't talk to the people. I said, baby, y'all need to start off from scratch. Y'all need to go. That's how I'm going to the damn door and let the people know what's going on. Uh-oh, look like we dropped. But that is so unfortunate that she's talking about being misplaced and gentrification. Mm -hmm. And East St. Louis, for the listeners, if you don't know, East St. Louis is a part of Illinois. Um, it's like what maybe 10 15 minutes from St. Louis, depending on where you are located. Mm -hmm. Like could be five. It's like yeah. right there at the border of Missouri and Illinois. Okay. Um, so that's, um, some people get that a little bit confused about East St. Louis and St. Louis, but they're like neighbors to us. Um, yeah. Um, very close to Missouri. Um, and that's unfortunately no. that that's happening. Go ahead, Tasha. I want to, I want to speak like just to me isn't on here. Cause I do a lot of work with East St. Louis. Um, like I do with St. Louis. So when I started this work, one of the things was that I knew that like as black farmers in urban farmers in St. Louis city, county that we weren't getting resources right and so my main goal was to get those resources in so we can continue to grow food but east st louis got like they we may get a couple of resources thrown at us but east st louis was getting absolutely nothing and like st louis loves to talk about like this big metro east but when it comes down to really helping East St. Louis, a lot of times they're not qualified for the grants because they're in another state. So a lot of the work that I had to do with East St. Louis to, to, to get them support and things, it would have to come from um, Chicago. Um, because when, when funders want to fund food justice, a lot of times you think of a big metropolitan area like Chicago and the surrounding, the surrounding suburbs or outskirts of Chicago, but nobody was really thinking about East St. Louis, Brooklyn, Illinois, um, and places like that, that were in St. Clair County, um, Centerville. And so like, you know, really trying to get their voice heard, but also getting the resources. So a lot of I'm doing work with people in Chicago to, to, to support and help bring that down um, because they need that support because at the end of the day, they are a different state than Missouri. Um, right. But, you know, Kamina said a lot of things, especially around gentrification. And I think that like, when we talk about um, the important role that urban ag plays, not just urban ag, agriculture in general plays to community building and, and saving our communities. I think that like that study needs to be um, thoroughly talked about and how we've been over and over, agriculture has been the common theme for how we built up our community, including Black Wall Street, including all of the other communities that we've seen, that black all Black communities that have been successful in the past. Um, they, 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 the foundation was agriculture. Mm. That's important. Yeah. That, that's, that's a gem. That that is what what um sustained the movement. Mm -hmm. Man, listen, somebody come on, had, come on King, I don't King, King was not eating, on, he was not eating <laughs> in the restaurants. Once they threw all that stuff on him, 
Right. The farmers was like, come on, we got you. Come on. You know, and a lot of times they lost their houses. They lost yeah. their land. They lost houses because of that. They were terrorized. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Very much so terrorized. And, you know, thinking about that, thinking about um, our history, where we come, you know, where we've come from, what we experienced and being here in America and how uh, sustainable if they have, we have to think that there was a time where you know there was no trust mm-hmm. you hear me? there was not trust in you know other people um outside of our community and we trusted our own and we worked mm-hmm. together and what we did was things like right gardening mm-hmm. farming um right. that was like uh we did the border you know like when you um oh god what is it called watering yes I got yeah, <laughs> yeah, yes. Like you, you can have. You might have the, the the tomatoes, and I might have the cooking skills. Let's come together, do something for the community, and you know, feed everybody. But it it was like it wasn't just all about. I think right now we um we think only about money. It's it's green, mm-hmm. right? And that's what's failing our community in a sense. Yeah. We're not thinking about skills anymore and skill level. Like you mm-hmm. may, you might have the, the skill to be the farmer and do the farming, but I might have the land. Mm-hmm. How can we join together and make this happen so that we can feed our community? You get my drift? I get you. Um, one Absolutely. thing, Absolutely. one thing that uh, I'm really trying to do uh, for the last two years, I've been working with uh, AmeriCorps Vista. I'm AmeriCorps Vista. We're working with AmeriCorps and working with the Community Builders Network in the St. Louis Vacancy Collaborative. So working working with that organization for the last two years uh, gave, me a, gave me a new passion. And my new passion is urban planning and development. Mm-hmm. And so I, I got accepted to St. Louis University. So I'm gonna do the urban, the masters in urban planning and development. And right. one, thing, one thing I noticed, because one thing I like to do is take a, a small field trip just all through North City. I just drive around through, you know, look at the neighborhoods on weekends and uh, there's no green spaces nowhere. We got vacant lots. Yes, there's no green spaces. So my my future goal is to incorporate those green spaces in between the buildings. I mean, that's cool that they want to build new buildings, but we need areas to just kind of chill and just let our mind wander. It's, it's not all about hardscapes and streets and, and concrete. We need those green spaces in between these buildings to just sit down for about five minutes and just collect our thoughts. You know, uh, green spaces are to like- learn. like To learn yeah, how to even yeah. be in the garden. To just, to just sit, to just, just the land. Sit, sit still, look yeah. at the butterflies and hear the birds chirping. <laughs> like that is so, that is so essential to just reset. Like, like, like the young lady said earlier, we need to have yoga in the garden. Mm-hmm. That should start going together, you know, to, 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 to get more people involved in, you know, make it just $25 for the year. Just come do yoga in the garden. And then after you do the yoga, that's you have the farmer's market because you got the people there. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm selling you get the thing of tomatoes for five dollars a big old bag you know little things like that we got to make it cool we got to we got to kind of bring it back into the community real slow but we definitely need these green spaces within our community man to just relax our minds you know and make it beautiful again yeah yeah because naturally by nature we are attracted to beautiful things 
Okay. That's why when we get money and education, we always move to beautiful areas. Yeah, that's true. Say it. And so if we want to get more women and children to move into the community, we have to come together and make it beautiful. Because people don't understand the importance of green spaces. You know, I, I, I sit in a lot of meetings and everybody talking about, you know, building uh, affordable housing. You know, a lot of, it's, it's a lot of things around affordable housing and affordable housing and more affordable housing. And that's cool. That's cool. We already got houses in North City. We just need the houses to be fixed up. Right. Yeah. 
we don't need no more we don't need no more damn houses okay let's let's fix up all the vacant houses that we got okay you know there's a difference between tower grove park and Mm -hmm. and 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 o'fallon park just look at them big and and then and then listen look at listen listen look at all the houses that sit around tower grove park just when you get a chance just drive through just drive through real slow and look at all the houses that sit adjacent to top that, that that look directly to top of Grove Park. Look at those houses, and then drive over to Fairground Park, mm. Mm. and then and then ride around and look at all those houses that face Fairground Park. For a matter of fact, you can look right through Fairground Park to the other side of Natural Bridge. I was gonna say you can one side you see the whole park. Yeah, uh, you, you can't go inside. Listen, listen, listen. You oh. cannot look through Tower Grove Park. You, you, you don't know how many. Well, hold up. Perfectly good example. I just recently went to Tower Grove Park and it was kind of like my first time walking through it, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm like, they had the farmer's market there. Mm-hmm. It was yep. really nice set up mm-hmm. and it, you know, they had different stuff, but they had a bird cage, a bird watch or something where you go into and you, mm-hmm. they had like a little waterfall, the kids could mm-hmm. play around with the, I'm like, what is this? Yeah. Man. Yeah. So, you know, you know, a like- whole nother level. It's, no, it's, it's, it's a beautiful space that people are attracted to. Exactly. People it, love beautiful gorgeous. spaces. It's gorgeous. Yeah. It you know, is gorgeous. Yeah. When I was on the South Side, I, I, I talked to, so like, you think it's South Grand. And so like when, before that big roadblock was put in Natural Bridge, I remember um, uh, the alderman saying that he wanted Natural Bridge to look like South Grand. But the thing about South Grand is, is this, right? the neighborhood in South Grand matches how South Grand looks. Mm. So you don't have sl- you don't have a lot of slum. I'm not saying that they don't exist, but there's not a lot of slum lords in those houses in South Grand, right? And if your property isn't up to par, they're trying to move you up out of the another thing is that the resident the residents have a voice behind South Grand in those communities behind South Grand, they have a voice, right? And their voice isn't being taken from them. And so like, you know, when you think about South Grand and you you like, oh yeah, South Grand looks good. You got that district where it's like business, business, business. But the people have an input on what they want to see on South Grand. And they have an input on on what they want to see behind South Grand. My mom lives in the Tower Grove area. They're trying to get rid of her landlord right now because he's not a good landlord. And so like, but they're like, hey, we need, this is a standard that we want to see for our community. And so we look at white areas and say, oh, we want this, but we only want the face of it. We don't want what it takes so to put behind the scene, the work. We don't want to do, is that what, so I love this where you're going, because I feel you on this. I totally feel you. I feel like as in our communities, we feel like we can't voice our concerns or our, you know, we can't be like, hold up y'all. This ain't what we need to be doing in our neighborhood. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, like I said, having a standard. And when you go outside in certain claim areas, or you know, even sometimes like parts of Ferguson, they they gonna make sure their voices is heard clearly, and they gonna put people on blast for stuff that they don't want to be done in their area. Um, and we need to take more of that approach when it comes to our community. You know why? You know why that is though like that we don't feel like we have a voice because and and i love our older population but we don't question those who look like us Ooh. we don't say this does not make sense and i need more 
and, and I say that in certain instances, we don't question those. When it comes to politics, we do not question those like that. Yeah, because um, we're so happy. I think the older generation was so happy to see black people in positions that they just was like, oh, well, you got there, you made it, you, you gonna know what to do instead of being like holding them accountable still for what they're doing. You know what I mean? And then thinking about like, especially in St. Louis, you think about these legacy political um, families and where the, the parent, the father or the grandfather or the whoever was in office first, well, they may do a good job. You thinking that that behavior and that morality is going to pass down to the, the, the child. No, it don't work like that, right? Um, and, you you know, so we get stuck with these political dynasties um, and they political seats get passed down like inheritance checks. And so um, we see that and like we see the, the degrading of the community year after year after year and then you know like i was listening to something um in uh the i can't remember what neighborhood was but like a business was like i want to invest in this community but the ottoman is like he has a plan well you had a plan 20 years ago what's the plan what what was your plan was your plan to allow for this to be you know deteriorate to the point where residents are just up and moving and so like one of the things is that like Ron is right at these tables, uh, they do all, they talk about is building, building, building. One one of the things that I, that, that I talked to about with residents about was this, right? They said, absolutely, we want green spaces, but that's not all we want, right? Mm-hmm. So they, it's not that they don't want green space, they do want green spaces. It's just that you you have one or the other, either they're, they're coming in and doing so much green space and they're like, oh yeah, we're not gonna build up or they're just trying to build up and not doing any green space, but where is someone that meets the middle? And I think that like when we have people who live in the community, who know the community at the tables and making the decisions, then we'll start to see a little bit more balance in things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then, you know, when it comes to politics, if you want to get down to the essence of it, um, really good people that live in the community never want to get involved in politics they think it's bad they mm. think it's it, it's dirty it ain't right and 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 the thing about it is in the history of politics remember a, a criminal a criminal would never go hungry for no reason so criminals will always get together and find a way to do anything right that's why it's called organized crime okay <laughs> Yeah. Okay, but yeah. good, but 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 good people, we never want to get together and move forward with anything because we just good people, you know. Mm. So we be like, hey man, you know, you have a good voice. Why don't you run for alderman? You know, what I'm saying you seem to have so much compassion and, and care about the people. No, I don't want to get involved in that, man. You know, what I'm saying I don't want to get involved in that. And so we be like, damn. But guess what? You got somebody right here who just moved into the neighborhood last year. Okay, they don't really talk to nobody, but they want to run for alderman, and yep. then they win. Yep, they win. Like, how did he win? He don't even been over here. And then we saw, I sit back in that group. We complain about him because he ain't doing nothing. You know, right. he don't talk to nobody. But like the good people never want to run. And guess what? It, guess what? You don't need a degree to be an alderman. You don't. No, you don't need no degree to do the alderman. A, a lot of this stuff. That it's, it's, it's on-the-job training. Mm-hmm. You, you can do this stuff. It ain't that hard. You know, just get the people out 
that's gonna vote for him. Knock on their doors. You're just talking to him. Hey, I'm I'm, I'm running for uh, alderman in, in such and such ward. I would love your vote and kind of tell them your platform. Smile, be friendly. Just a little thing. People are like you know what? I, I I really like him or her. I, th I, th I think I'm gonna vote for them. You know, I live right here in the community. I've been here for 15 years. I've been seeing what's going on. I come to all the uh, the neighborhood association meetings. I'm right there taking notes. I kind of I, I I got an idea of what the neighborhood needs. Yeah, absolutely. You know what, Ron? I what though also that goes into place um mm -hmm. with the person that nobody knows about. Yeah. Is that like organizers, right? Mm -hmm. And so like a like how many organizers do we know that live in North City, right? right? So like a lot of these organizers that be speaking on behalf of North City don't live in North City. Mm -hmm. Um and so like they don't talk to North City residents. They right. talk to these churches who don't have um people who live in the community, they don't even have congregations that live in the community, right? Right, right. So they're talking to like churches, they're talking mm -hmm. to things like that. And so like, where you have, so like the polit how politics runs here is, right? Mm -hmm. You have organizers who say, all right, get together and we're gonna back this politician. And they put out campaign and they put out really go out, hey, we gonna vote for this. And you see, and then and if you're just going by, you see people uplifted and you see black people uplifting, you're like, oh yeah, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna vote for them. Not right. knowing. Nah, man, they don't live in your community, so they're not speaking for you. So they don't, mm -hmm. they don't really know. And so a lot of the things is like a lot of the, the way organizing happens in this community, it has happened at the detriment of North City because a lot of these organizers don't live in North City. Um, and they don't listen to the voices of North City. So you see them pop up and you're like, what is this, right? Where are you guys coming from? And so they don't understand like when they do come in, the community is on guard because you haven't interacted and you haven't engaged with us, but you done brought and you didn't came in with these white folks and you didn't set up shop and you're like, we're here. And the community's like, no, nah, you're, you're where? <laughs> right, right. Like, and, and then you giving, putting ideas and things up that ain't even asked or needed right. in the community. So it's like, then you mad cause we not, you know, utilizing it, but mm -hmm. you ain't asked for that. Right. And, you know, we can't, you know, we cannot have this conversation without addressing the elephant in the room. And here's the elephant in the room. We yeah. can't forget that North City is plagued with redlining. Oh, absolutely. We, we can't forget that. We cannot, we, we can't, we can't forget redlining. So basically for the, for the listeners out there who don't understand what redlining is, uh, uh, in, in, a, in the lamest terms, uh, some real estate investors and bankers got together many years ago and said the people that live on that side of the street house is not going to be the, uh, the same value as mine no way in hell i don't care if the bricks came from the same manufacturing place and was designed by the same team their house is not going to be worth the same as mine because i am this and you are that so that's yeah. all redlining is. So you, you yeah. come across Delmar, you got a, a nice brick structure that's really that's really beautiful, right? That that house might be worth seventy five thousand. You go across the other side of Delmar, that same house it looks the exact same would be two hundred thousand. So therefore, uh, a, a lot of our brick structures, you know, even if we did want to come in and fix them all up, right? Mm -hmm. It might it might take eighty to a hundred thousand dollars to put these houses back together good, right? right? But then 
they only gonna praise out at, at seventy thousand dollars. Yeah. So yeah. so you so you're gonna lose money. So no bank in his right mind gonna say, hey, I'm gonna give you a hundred thousand dollars to fix that house. But then again, if you can't pay back the loan, it's only gonna praise out at seventy thousand. That's a bad investment for a bank. So unless you got that kind of capital in the bank, the house gonna stay vacant. Yeah. Man, it's gonna stay vacant. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's in a nutshell. It's gonna stay vacant. So you know, we can't ride around and say, "Oh my God, how come they ain't fixing up the houses in North St. Louis?" It's redlining. Make yep. these houses the same value as the houses across Delmore, and then you 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 have more buy-in. Yep, that and and the fact that um, mm -hmm. you know, like, and that's why, like, I know people would think, like, well, what does this have to do with urban ag? Mm -hmm. It has everything to do with urban ag because essentially urban ag is, is, is the, the basis and the cornerstone for taking back our self-determination, right? Mm -hmm. So if we're using that bartering system method, we're saving money. We're able right. to work with each other. We're able to put mm -hmm. community back through urban ag. You're able to put community back. Right. right, we're working with Fairground on the community owned grocery store because mm -hmm. why keep begging Snooks to come back when you right. can use your resources and you can own your own grocery store, mm -hmm. and from there you can have other cooperatively owned businesses um, to build up your community because That's the reality right. is the banks aren't going to give it. You know, we're looking at like if you you take the, the look at um, the debt relief, right? Mm -hmm. You know, historically we've known what the USDA has done to black farmers, right? And mm -hmm. so now we're looking at they're they're put a they put a junction on uh, the USDA from doing debt relief, right? right. Um, and the banks were the leading people behind this, saying, "Hey, no, you know this is a red flag. We no, we don't want." But you're, you're getting your money. So it's it's really not about them not getting their money for them doing a call out. It's that that somebody has to stay poor and somebody mm -hmm. has to stay in poverty and somebody has to stay rich. That's 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 capitalism in America. That's right. You know. And so, you know, when we talk about we say food apartheid because we look at the systematic nature of things. Um, we don't just look at it from the point of like, oh, there's there's no access to food. But oh yeah, there's no access to food. But why? Why? Why is there? Um, why does Natural Bridge and Kings Highway exist? Right. right? Not the, not the intersection of the streets, but the intersection of those streets plagued by fast food restaurants. Right. And in that whole community, there's one grocery store. Nothing and, was fast. Food. They, wait, hold on, real quick. In they building the rest. They building them up. Like they like literally making me some fancy white white castle was getting the face. Are we building white castle? What who does this? And white ain't no food grocery stores other than that one little snook. Yes, not the best quality of food. Yeah. And listen, listen, I could take it a step further. There is no sit-down mom and pop restaurants. No way. People in the neighborhood can can sit down kick their shoes off and talk to other residents that live in the community. Mm -hmm. So therefore we all don't even know each other. No. Yep. The schools are closed down. Yeah. None of our children are going to high school with each other. Yep. So they become enemies of each other because they think he live in another block. I live in another block. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to school. It's, it's a whole system that has to be dismantled mm -hmm. to, to, to build a community right now. It went from having a community to a neighborhood, and now it's just a hood. Now, yeah. you know, there's there's no economic engine in our community. Mm. You have to, you have to. It's like 
it's like North City is a is a pretty car, right? Mm-hmm. But there's no engine, so the car won't start. You have to have an economic engine, or we're going to keep going to outside people say, "Hey, we need money." When we could just be self sufficient and mm-hmm. then just go, just go to the business district say, "Hey, uh, the school need a new gymnasium floor. We we need a hundred thousand dollars." We can go to the business district. All the business districts can kick in 20 grand here, 10 grand here, 30 grand here. That's a tax write-off for the business district because mm-hmm. they're donating back to the school. Yep. Okay. So yep. therefore we have the money. That's how everybody else do it. It's called group economics. Man, come group, on, Ryan. That's it. It's But you need a business district to do that. Tasha wouldn't have to go nowhere else if we had a business district in Walnut Park, the Walnut Park business district. Hey, hey she, she said, listen, I just need $20,000. I need some equipment. I need that. She, she, she go to the business district board. They, 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 they sit, they sit and listen to her plan because it's going to be built right in Walden Park. Mm. Next yep. thing you know, Tasha will get a call three days later saying, hey, we got the money. Man, come, listen, come, come, hey. come, come up for a sign for the check. Listen, you hear me? Like that, that's, that's- what it, yeah, that's, that's what the business, that's, it's, that's what a business district is for. It's to help out the business or the people the people in the community go to the business, sit down, eat, get the haircut, get the, you know what I'm saying? This is the business district, right? right? So the business district has to give back money to the community that's sustaining them. And that's amazing that, you know, I'm mean, hearing this, but all the businesses that we have in those areas aren't businesses that's even like, no. that even like the community. No. They're from outside the community. Yeah. Well, I want to, Ron, you said, so like when you said that, it made me think of the post I made and I said, St. Louis has an aversion to black land ownership. And Ron was sitting there worrying me. What do you mean? So like aversion. <laughs> I was like, just look it up, Ron. Just go look it up. <laughs> like, and then somebody yeah. else jumped on that. I was like, you know what? Just stop. Not not Ron, but somebody else. Mm-hmm. But an aversion is a dislike for black land ownership, right? Mm-hmm. And so I work with growers and I've seen people come to them and get and tell them, oh, come grow on my land. But I'm like, no, nah, man, we need to own the land. And the reason why is Paul McKee. Paul McKee is the reason why is the best example I can give of why we need to own the land, whether it's where we put our houses on or whether it's where we grow on. Because when Paul McKee was ready to make that deal with the city to say, we're going to have the NGA here, right? It didn't matter that your parents' parents bought that home. It didn't matter that you've been living here since you were born. You got to go because eminent domain. Mm. You got to go. You know, and and I don't care how long your parents own this. I don't care the backstory of how backbreaking and how many white folks floors they had to wash and how many white folks flo- windows they had to wash and how long that your daddy had to be on the railroad or wherever else to be away from the family to make sure that he put in money to in where you got to go because this man owned most of the land. Hmm more than the homeowners right mm-hmm. and it goes back to what ron says redlining because they weren't a black homeowners weren't able to give money to fix up their houses when a pipe bust or things like that nope. and so like that is essentially why black land ownership is key it's key right yeah. it's the reason why native land ownership is key it's the reason why the most impacted communities need to be in control of the land and need to have that land in their their possession and not 
outsiders who aren't from from the community because it it takes away our self determination. Mm-hmm. Eh, 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 eh. Yeah, y'all. <laughs> I, I ain't even said that because I'm just soaking it in. I this is real talk y'all and i just hope that people that's listening to this is getting heat to what you guys are putting out there because this is real this is what's happening and this is why our communities look like they look go ahead ron i mean you all have heard the term community garden right Mm -hmm. but that's a lot but that's but listen because a community is designed like a garden example if you want if you want to attract a monarch butterfly Okay, the monarch butterfly only lays his eggs on uh, on milkweed, a common milkweed plant. That's the only plant that a monarch butterfly will lay his eggs on. It won't lay his eggs on nothing else but a common milkweed. Mm. Okay, because his caterpillars have to eat the common milkweed. The common milkweed inside uh, it has this milky substance. Okay, this milky substance is very poisonous. Like you should never eat it or get it on your hands. You want to wash it off. Okay, so. When this when this monarch caterpillar eats this milky substance that's very poisonous, right? Mm-hmm. Birds don't like it. Birds that pick the it'll it pick the caterpillar like pit, pit. It, it is nasty because <laughs> his body is full of this milk. So communities are built like gardens. So if you want things, you have to have things inside the community to attract people to it. Mm-hmm. Example, example. Uh back when I was in college in my 20s. We would uh we would make a pilgrimage down south to go see the uh, the Southern Heritage Football Classic down in Louisiana. Now, mind you, we are driving from Missouri all the way down to Louisiana, and everybody did it to watch a football game between Grambling and and and, and Southern University. We down there. We got a hotel room, so we spent money in Louisiana for the hotel room to rent the car to go down there. We we buying food all weekend, right. so that that city is getting all that money for us to sit in those stands and watch a simple football game. Mm. Now now imagine if Harrisville State University had a football team, mm. and imagine every year if Harrisville State University played against Lincoln University, mm. the two only black colleges in Missouri. Right. Okay. Imagine how many people would drive down to see the I-70 football classic between Harrisville State University. Imagine if we had a football, that same Harrisville State University football field somewhere in, in North City. Mm-hmm. Imagine all the revenue. Imagine all the people around it who, was, who would make up T-shirts and just sell them outside the stadium. Mm-hmm. Just imagine how much revenue oh. that could be generated every year. Just off that one idea, okay. So right. who's going to get together and 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 fund Harris Stowe a football team? That's the only reason why Harris Stowe State University homecoming ain't popping. People don't go to homecoming if they got no football team. Mm-hmm. I've been to St. Louis all these years. I ain't never been to a Harris Stowe State University homecoming. I don't even know when it is. I was say, I not really. No, no, no. We, and think about it. You used to, but not no more either. It's the only black unit. It's the only historical black college in St. Louis, and none of us even have a damn T-shirt. Oh, we don't support that school. Come on, we don't. But we we need to somebody somebody who gonna list this podcast with some money. Please build Harris Stowe and fund them a football team. 
if you had a football team, guess what? Now you got a band. Yeah. See, yeah. now you got a band. So, so, so most of the times bands about hundred people. Imagine all the young black kids who be in that band. Especially because a lot of kids are drawn to music now. There you go. So they therefore, to music. so therefore, if the if the if the if the college has a band, right, that's playing up and down Grand in the parade, doing that's her Stowe. Here come her Stowe. A hundred people walking down. That looks cool. Okay. Mm -hmm. So now all the high schools around it gotta have band programs to fund the university programs. Mm. Yep. That's why all that stuff is a, is a, is a, is a stepping stone to other things. That's why other pe people have it. If you keep pe if you keep kids busy, it keep yes. them out of damn trouble. Yeah, speak on it. Okay, you go down south. Time. You go down south to be in the band. It's cool. Mm -hmm. Man, you go on YouTube right now and put in black black marching bands down south. These are young black kids, mm -hmm. nineteen and twenty years old in drum lines. That's a that's a a hundred a hundred kids in a drum line. That's a hundred kids off the streets. Yep. In high schools, that's about a, another hundred kids in each high school off the streets because they got band practice tonight. Yeah. Because yeah. they but because they can't wait to go to Harris Stowe to to be in a in 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 the Hornets marching band because the football game is bringing the I seventy classic every year and I, and all our grandmothers and grandmothers and parents are gonna be out there to watch us jam in the band because we don't go watch the football game we go to watch the band. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're community is a garden. You got to plant certain things to keep people attracted. We ain't got nothing in the community mm -hmm. keeps attractive. That's yep. what urban planning and development come in. You have to develop those things. Yep. Yep. Okay. You know, mm -hmm. we all know our black children love DJing. Mm -hmm. no, we love DJing, right? That's our culture. Okay. That's okay. Okay. So, yeah. so listen, listen. Where is the DJ program in these schools where mm -hmm. a kid can do after school activity? Only, only charges mama twenty five dollars if you want to get involved in it. That's it. Twenty five dollars. Right. We, we, right. we, 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 we blow that at the club. Okay. <laughs> We got turn. We we got turn table. Like that's before you get to the club. That's that white castle. White castle. <laughs> okay. And guess what? There's an instructor there that that will teach a young man between the ages of sixteen and nineteen how to be a DJ. Something that simple. Yeah. That would keep kids off the streets. Mm -hmm. yeah. Nah, dog, nah, nah, I can't roll tonight. I, I got this. I got. I got to go to this DJ thing, dog. Yes, young, young black men, man. I'm telling you, man. I was a young black man growing up in Walnut Park in Hyde Park. If I had things like that, I would have went to it. That was cool to me. You know, I still look up to DJ Jazzy Jeff. That was cool to me. You know, but you know, I urban, play, right. urban planning and development, baby. Urban planning and development, baby. Tell you. You know, our young girls like to dance. Guess what? Get them an African dance class. Who got the African dance class in the community? Nobody. Okay. Nobody. Okay. So guess what? Since they can't African, since, since we don't have an African dance class, fuck it. I'm gonna twerk on TikTok. Hey, boom, that's all they doing. You are saying a that, that's, that, that's all they doing. That's all they doing. Because because they listen. That is the energy of the people. They're going to do, listen if, if if they can't do it the good way, they're going to do it they're the gonna bad find way. way, and it's going to end up yeah. the bad way. I want to chime in on because everything Ron said is right on point, come but on, like, you no, know, like economics, you know what I'm saying? Like, so mm -hmm. yeah, and it's different for different people. Everybody's not into the, the DJ and things like that. I got two little boys, one is in elementary, one in mm -hmm. middle school, and some of our boys like to work, 
right? Mm-hmm. We think yeah. that they don't, but our our thing is we want them to do it for free. Mm-hmm. No, if we know we want to get paid, pay them. I got two little boys that's in Walnut Park. Mm-hmm. When I say they come and the first time they came, they say, like, you need any help? I was like, come back tomorrow and I have $20 a piece for y'all. Like, oh. And they came and they were, they, I told them to come at a certain time. They were early, right? And so like that's, so this, it was sort of for four of them, but they were early, right? They were there before me, ready to work, mm-hmm. right? And coming back, I was like, well, wait, you got to wait, come when I get paid. And he's like, well, we don't, you don't have to pay us. We help still, right? So that's another thing. But then also like, as the more they came, I'm going to pay you because you need, I value your work and I value your time. And I know it's keeping you out of trouble. So it's, it's, it's times that they've come and sat, sat down and not di- done anything, but they now know this is a place where they can come and stay out of trouble, be at peace and things like that, you know? And so like getting back to, you know, yeah. And getting back to like, not just looking at young people as this, that's their, because they're younger, they're supposed to do not pay them. That's right. It, it, it teaches them. It teaches them great. You know, um, mm-hmm. it teaches them in the long run of like how to get into like money management, business. Right. Yep. Yeah. All of that. It's teaching, yeah. teaching them that great I said, I'm pretty sure they are great savers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Kids don't like to spend their money. Nah, because, <laughs> they love spending your you know, money. You know, they'll spend yours. Growing, they don't want to spend theirs. They happen you know, to have it. You know, growing up in, in Walnut Park and Hyde Park, you know, we had this thing. It was called Operation Brightside. Yeah. Right. So we had Operation Brightside. So basically, they would take these inner, inner city kids, like age 16, 16 to 18, and basically, we would go around to different parts of, of the north side and say, hey, we're going to clean up Lincoln Avenue and we're going to go through the alleys and pick up all the trash off the lots and do this. And you will be gone from like eight o'clock in the morning to about five o'clock in the evening. And you would come back home dead, tired, dirty. I would come in the house, take a shower and fall right in the bed. But you, you, you did that pretty much uh, all summer. OK, we got paid twice. So we got paid in the middle of the summer around about the 4th of July. We got a paycheck. And then and then you get paid at the in, end of the summer, like a week before school start. Back then, let me see. Back then, the check would be about $700. Oh, my God. To have $700 before school start. Do you know how many clothes of school clothes? Imagine taking my check down to Gus. Go down that's, there and get about four pair of pants. Way background. Listen, listen, right, listen. I was like, listen. That's what I heard my listen. mom talk about that. So you yes, listen. Like about <laughs> listen, get about four pair of pants, two pair of brand covers. new shoes, <laughs> shirts. Oh man, you be you be so fresh. And then like everybody that and listen, everybody that you worked with came from all over the city, right? So mm-hmm. you knew a lot of people, people. you know, it, it, you knew a lot of people, you, you came more familiar with people. So mm-hmm. all of a sudden the, the fighting and stuff, it ceased because all y'all was in this together. And then, and then everybody was like, Hey man, where y'all going shopping? And we going out of Gus. We all catch the bus downtown together. Mm-hmm. And, and just, and just listen, the first week of school, we was fresh. He can't get out but, with but, but listen, and listen, and, and listen okay. I don't, I don't know if that same concept exists. It does but, not. But we so, but see, if we had a business district, 
Those little 16, because guess what? Those little 16, 17 years old, the ones that's outside right now walking around with guns. Yeah. You know, pants sagging. They ain't got nothing to do. Walking through, throwing bottles everywhere, fighting, you know what I'm saying? Ready to knock you all They, they have too much time. energy. That energy can be used for them clean up these damn alleys. I agree. And like you said, pay yeah. them. Pay so them, they yeah. Feel like they're working for something. Um, no. and like you said, I mean, it's cool to volunteer and everything now no, and then, but let's no, you pay them. definitely you pay, pay these you children. You pay them because these, these are our same babies that's walking around, busting out car windows and then going through our little change thing in the car. They want some money. Yeah, they want some coins. Because they know money is, money is mm -hmm. everything. Unfortunately. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. You Unfortunately. Know, it's a, it's a construction company that I love here, right? And they work with young people young people going to rehab the houses and they they co-own oh. dream, oh, dream 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 builders for equity yeah 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 because i love that concept of what they're doing yeah. the young people own the property that they're rebuilding when they sell it and so they yeah. get money off of it and so like you know when you say you say is it happening now I don't think that that concept has left. I think that it's just transformed to modern times. And okay. that okay. modern time is hey look I'm going to show you how to be business owners instead of just workers, because mm -hmm. there's a difference between having a business come in and pay mm -hmm. and you feeling no connection to it versus you building it up, right. building that business up and your blood, sweat and tears mm -hmm. goes in there. We know how like we build something like I'm going to tell you, all right, Friday, I wanted to cry. I spent $360 on some soil and someone stole a large amount of it. I wanted to cry because my blood, sweat, and tears went into that money to get that money. Right. <laughs> and it's going into that, right? And so, like, for people in the community, both young and old, when you start to invest in your community like that, then you start to say, hey, 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 hold on. You don't throw that. I, look, look, we didn't mm -hmm. put too much energy in this. You're not just going to throw no trash on the ground, right? right? And so, like, you start to see the difference. You yeah. know, start to see like more. You start to care. You yeah. really start to care and appreciate. That's right. That's right. Mm -hmm. Where so you good. are, where you live, right. the people mm -hmm. around you. But like he, Ron said, we ain't got no relationships with our neighbors. Yep. So we see them as enemies. So we don't care. What I don't care about you. Yeah. I'm trying to survive. I ain't got nothing to give to the next the next neighbor. Because mm -hmm. I, I, I see you got something that I want, and hey, I'm out here struggling. I ain't got no other way to get it. Ain't nobody yeah. trying to give me a job or opportunity. Well, yeah. I'm going to bust your window, or mm -hmm. I'm going to, you know, do what I got to do to get what I need uh, from you. Because again, I don't care about you. You don't care about me. So it's a lot of levels to that. Yeah. And like right. he said, if we start by giving them opportunities and then connecting them within those uh, opportunities, yeah. then the community will flourish. Yeah, it was yeah, flourish, man. That's it's, it's, it's like a flower, like a like a yeah. garden. Somebody with something to do and a job is just a little bit more happier than somebody without that. Man, yes. Yeah, you <laughs> know, if, if 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 listen, if you worked eight hours a day, you came home, you're tired, you took a shower, you don't feel like breaking in no houses. Because yeah. you know that you you know that you got a check coming in two weeks, and guess what? This check got a little overtime on it too. You bragging about it? You like, ooh, this one gonna be fat. You already bragging about it. You ain't got time to be doing nothing else that's gonna mess with that check. Yeah, listen, yep. Look. I'm gonna tell you, man. It's a science. It's a it's a science to this thing, man. 
it is definitely you know? a science and i just hope yes. that um yeah. you know we can somehow find how to get back to that uh avenue um a little bit more like you said yeah. we got some gems like shout out mm-hmm. again shout out to dream yeah. bill for equity but we need more Right. We definitely need a lot more, and we definitely need to figure out a way mm-hmm. to have these this younger generation um, feel a little bit more um, connected. Because right, right now, I feel like there's a big disconnect. Mm-hmm. Um, but y'all, oh my God, this has been a super oh, dope. Hold on, I got, I, I got one more thing. Uh oh, come on, Ryan. Okay. <laughs> so, I got one more thing. So, come on. so for for all your listeners. Uh, if you want to find me, I'm at uh, Blackberry underscore landscaping and I'm on Instagram. So yes, he is. a lot of people DM me and they, they kind of ask me just, you know, simple garden questions. But this is the question that I often get a lot. You know, we as black people, y'all know we love cabbage. We love okay, cabbage. Okay. We love cabbage. And, and it ain't nothing wrong. Cabbage I is a good, ca- you know, cabbage is a great leafy green thing and it's good for us. Okay. Right. But the, the problem is people say, hey man, uh I got these little these little these little worms that keep eating up my cabbage, man, and putting holes in it, man. You know, <laughs> what can I do to stop this? And you have to understand, there's a such a there's an insect called a cabbage moth. Mm. And it's called it's called a cabbage moth because it lays its eggs on cabbage. Oh like a yellow butterfly. Okay, like, like a butterfly, and those eggs hatch and those caterpillars eat cabbage they like cabbage just like we like cabbage okay <laughs> give us and some people, and people like man how can i get rid of these things i say well you can't get rid of them because your garden is outside in nature mm. so i mean what you can do is you can create a, a second garden for them and kind of put something over it to kind of keep it protected but you know it's outside in the backyard in nature okay so the best thing to combat that okay is uh figure out what beneficial insects eats the cabbage moth and one mm-hmm. of the one of their top predators is called a parasitic wasp now people don't like wasps why hear people hear wasps ah oh, no no <laughs> wasp is your best friend because see what the wasp does the wasp doesn't actually eat the caterpillar it injects its eggs it, it lays its eggs on the caterpillar See, see, God, 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 God is a creative genius. Okay, yes, so, so, so this, so this wait a so, minute. So this parasitic wasp lays his eggs on the back of the caterpillar, right? And in a few days, the caterpillars hatch and start the the the, the wasp hatch and start just eating the caterpillar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so you when when you put vegetables, nothing in nature exist by itself if you ever go through a forest it's all it's all kind of plants but what happens is as a gardener we'll just have rows and rows and rows and rows of cabbage that doesn't exist in nature so what you want to do you want to get into what they call companion planting okay so so have a row of cabbage but then next to it put in some uh some fennel some rosemary some dill some marigolds put that in between your plants those plants is what's going to attract the parasitic wasps. Mm-hmm. And if the parasitic wasps is around those plants, it's going to look down and say, hey, I see I see, I see, my little buddy down there. <laughs> it's, it's, and it's going to lay his eggs on it <laughs> and, 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 and let nature take its course. Let nature take its course because if you don't, you're going you're gonna to spend time spraying all kinds of insecticides on the plants, which you're going to wind up eating later. And it's just not good. 
you know, all these weird cancers popping up. That's because all that crap you spraying on the plants. No, that's, that's, that stuff is sitting there. That stuff is still sitting there. So I done taught a lot. Come yeah, on now. So, so if, if 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 you're gonna plant cabbage, which our black people they love their cabbage, you're gonna plant some cabbage, you're gonna add some for, for the cool because it's it's a cool weather crop, okay? So you're gonna plant it early spring or late fall. So cabbage in, in between the rows, marigolds, fennel, dill, lavender, rosemary, because you want to attract uh, uh the parasitic wasps, which is a beneficial insect, and it's gonna take out those caterpillars naturally. Yep, and for the ones that don't get, you gotta do it by hand because I've been grabbing hand. up off of that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. on my little stepping stones. <laughs> they did. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they did. Mm-hmm. Also, also, let me also, say, also, hey. bird feeders have some bird feeders in the garden. Birds like those caterpillars too. Hey, bird, yeah, man. you know, I, those, I got the yes. I get some I got the yeah. yeah. and things that bring in birds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And first of all, animals listen. Animals mm-hmm. are like. We were out That's in Spanish the garden. Yeah. <laughs> we were out in Spanish Lake, and I was like, I was talking to the birds, like, yeah, you come any any time. And the birds stood there listening, Listen. like, like looking at me, mm-hmm. like, yeah. Okay. And they started laughing because they like, like the bird really listening mm-hmm. to you. Yeah. But like animals, like any, mm-hmm. like a dog understands language. See, yes, a bird I understands agree. language you know? as well, and so you know? they know that they're welcome yeah. to come. Yeah. Come if you, you turn a if you turn a sprinkler on in your garden. Birds hear that water falling. Man, you oh, come to your backyard, you see birds all up only getting their wings wet, washing their wings off, all that. They hear all that. that that's why water, that's why waterfalls exist in nature. Yeah. You gotta, you, you know. Look at y'all. Y'all got me so excited to like yeah. go outside. <laughs> now I feel like I'm about to go out there and do some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, again, yeah. I, first of all, my hats go off to all gardeners and farmers like it is not a um easy duty or job it's very much of a commitment so mm-hmm. i appreciate i mean because you got to be out there rain snow mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. depending on what you garden and how you garden but the heat and all like you really mm-hmm. got to put love into those mm-hmm. uh plants and those you know fruits and vegetables yeah. and stuff so my head goes off to y'all yeah. i'm so grateful for y'all to be on here and talking i mean we didn't talk so much um but it all goes back to getting back to the land no matter and home owning the land no matter Mm -hmm. what you're putting on it um definitely owning it um yes i know ryan gave a shout out to where we can find him on uh instagram and you know mr hip-hop gardener himself uh miss tasha and all that you do how can people get in contact with you Follow us on at 314 Evolve. That's E. Let me just go ahead. E-V-O-L-V-E. Um, and then Kamina, it's at Gardens Devon. Devon. Uh, and I because I, I know she couldn't get back on there. That's at G-A-R-D-E-N-S-D-E-V-O-N-E. And that's on all social media for her. And yeah. at 314 Evolve is on all social media sites for um me and Kelly. Yes, shout out to Kelly. Um, So again, y'all, if you are in East St. Louis, please go meet and uh, support Miss Kamina out there in her garden and her farm. And, you know, you're in the St. Louis area. Shout out to, again, Mr. Blackberry Landscape Mm -hmm. and uh, Miss Tasha uh, at Evolve. And, you know, y'all already know, I'll be Evolve. Go, go, go. (laughs) I got your weekly um. Uh, weekly show you picking important calls, yes, calls. Absolutely, yes. I love Please. it. Love it. 
tune into Kicking It for a Cause, y'all. Is it every Saturday, right? Or every it's other every other Saturday. So every second and fourth Saturday, um, mm-hmm. we're doing Kicking It for a Cause live. And we talk community, we got a little music, and we got a little game and fun. So tune into that. Um, yes, y'all. I yeah. It has been fun. I appreciate you guys tuning into the Hood Talks podcast. Again, mm-hmm. I appreciate all of the support. Um, mm-hmm. Our next show, this is it for June, uh, but we got July coming really fast. Mm-hmm. Cool, <laughs> so cool. uh, tune in. Um, July, we got No More Superwoman. We're talking a uh, conversation around superwoman syndrome and how that affects black women. You know, that is something that's really uh, big right now going on in the black community. So we will be talking about that. And then we got Black Men Mentors Matter coming up mm. also July. Oh, yeah. Both of those shows will be live. Yes, that we're doing. So tune into the Hood Talks podcast. You know, you can follow us on Facebook to get all this good information. Or you can always check out the website, www.thehoodtalks.com and learn about how you can support us and how you can find us and keep up with us. So, all right, y'all. Thanks again for tuning in. And no we problem. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.